Hello, and welcome to Shh, We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Saylat. And this is Kalina. And we're a podcast who reads and reviews paranormal romance novels. Thanks for joining us, friends. Yeah, we're so happy. It's been two long weeks. <laughs> I mean, it's been a lot longer for <laughs> I mean, We're not going to lie, but... Uh... We haven't recorded in a while. We might be a bit rusty. <laughs> We're totally what do we rusty. do? The fuck is this? <laughs> I'm is this surprised a microphone in front of when me? we logged on that shit was actually working. Like all of our <laughs> settings were there. Like fucking Zoom works and Audacity works. All of it. Microphones all intact. This shit's beautiful. It's how it should always be. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> all right. I have a quickie for Ooh, you. Let's do it. What's your weirdest food craving, and why do you usually get it? Do you think? <laughs> Like when you crave something that's just kind of strange or maybe slightly embarrassing or weird, but you you eat it anyway when you just have to. Just got to do it because it's just like, fuck it. It's so delicious. I'm going to have to go with, and I actually had this craving probably twice last week and I didn't didn't follow through with it because laziness often overrides my ability to do anything. I don't even know what they are. It is. It's Asian food, obviously. And it's like, it's canned fish. Yes, I know your favorite, right? I don't, I think, so it's already pre-cooked. I don't know what kind of fish it is. I could not tell you. But it's, it's, there's two pieces of two fish in there. And they're salted in oil, like they're, um, they're canned in oil with really salty black beans that are in there. And then I just fry them up to warm them up, but then I serve them over rice, and it is gr- like it. It looks disgusting. It does. It smells really bad, but it's <laughs> fucking delicious, and I love it so much. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's mackerel. It's like it's not a normal fish. It's they're definitely not anchovies because it's too big. I couldn't sardines. Uh, it's not a sard. It's bigger than sardines because I know what okay, sardines okay. are. I don't know. I'm not a fish person, so I wouldn't be able yeah. to guess anyway. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. It's not like a tilapia or anything like that. It's just like a fish. It's just mm-hmm. he's like it's there. Almost in, the entire body is there. And there's two of them in there with mm-hmm. beans and, and a whole bunch of oil. And it's just mm-hmm. it stinks up the house when I warm it up. <laughs> and it it like sort of stays on my fingers. And God damn it, it's so good. That is that's like a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. Oh, how often do you think you crave it in a year? Like, do you notice it more in like a seasonal or when Um, you're stressed or like any kind of trigger maybe that (laughs) makes you really have to eat this gross ass fish? Honestly, I think it's when I do go searching for food and I work from home, right? So Mm -hmm. the kids are in school, Dan's at work. So it's just me and the animals and we're just like chilling. I'm working and then I'm like, I need some food. So then I'll go in the pantry and that's when I'll see it. So that's typically when it triggers it is when I actually see the can. I'm like, oh, hey, I have this can can of really bad fish that I really <laughs> want to eat. But there are mo- there are times where I'm like, God damn it, that looks so good. And then I'll just shut the pantry and walk away because I'm too lazy to get you guys don't understand how exhausted I am mentally and physically. Like I just don't want to do anything. Sometimes I think I have Lyme disease. Like I'm just so tired all the time. So I don't ever want to cook myself meals. Yeah, I don't think that anything really triggers it. Mostly it's when I open the pantry and I'm like, oh, hey, fish. And if (laughs) I feel like cooking it, I will. Mm -hmm. But now I really do want to go to the Asian store and go get some. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? 
Um, so my super secret shame craving is peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches on Wonder Bread. Does it specifically have to be Wonder Bread? Um, well, I guess it doesn't have to be. It has to be really crappy white bread. It can't be like, it can't be any kind of nutritional bread. It cannot be fancy white bread. It has to be like dollar white bread or or wonder like, like really great squishy. value or Sara Lee. Yeah, yeah, great value Sara Lee. Just it has okay. to be that soft, really bullshit bread. Like like there's nothing it's not real. beneficial to it. You shouldn't <laughs> yeah, eat it cuz it's fake dead white shit, but exactly. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't put this on like a whole grain. I don't want that shit. It has to be on like yeah, really crappy white bread. Yeah, with peanut butter and real Hellman's Ooh, mayonnaise. Oh, okay. And I know a lot of people hate that uh, combo. They're I, like, what the fuck? Those are two that, like heavily fatty things. <laughs> Why do you put them together? And I'm flavors. like, I don't know. <laughs> to me. They're so good together. <laughs> Man. <laughs> they're like creamy. And then like the, the so I usually, I get a creamy peanut butter. And then the mayonnaise has mm-hmm. a, a slight the tang to it. Did. So it mm-hmm. kind of cuts through Sweet a bit of butter. the. The the Cody like creaminess of the peanut butter and it's just really just delightful and I love it and I don't eat it very often. It's definitely like a it's like my struggle bus food. Yeah, like, like kind of what you were saying. Like you don't want to cook, but this is a sandwich, <laughs> so it's a lot easier to put together. And I almost always have the right stuff. Some the bread is harder because I don't I try not to buy bread most yeah. of the time. I don't have a lot of bread usually, so sometimes. <laughs> I always have tortillas, flour tortillas. Oh my god! <laughs> so if I don't have bread, I'm like, well, fuck it. Let's go. I got a flour tortilla, and that's that's when I know I'm really like desperate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, I've lost it. I've lost the thread. I've this is sad. It. I'm sitting at, like I'm standing at the counter in my kitchen eating peanut butter and mayonnaise on a flour tortilla. Oh my god! How is it on the tortilla? It's fine. It's, it's just fine. as good. It's oh fine. Oh my god! I've never tried it. I'm getting. I believe I'm getting the same visceral reaction to this sandwich as you do in my canned fish. So yeah, I mean, I uh, get it. That's why I don't share it with other people because you know you're no. like I know why I like it, yes. but I also know why no one else would. Absolutely. I Dan has seen me eat it before, and he's like, "Why would you do this to yourself?" I'm like, "You shut up over there. You be quiet. Don't make fun of my Asianness." <laughs> Another one, though, another one, I do have to tell you yeah. this one, uh-huh. that I don't think I'll ever, ever experience again unless, unless they decide to start serving it again, were the burritos they used to serve for school lunch. I had them a lot in middle school because mm-hmm. that's when I mm-hmm. really, really ate school lunches because I was like, you know, that was mm-hmm. that was my time to be like, yes, I get to experience different types of food. <laughs> and white food. This is white food. <laughs> Processed, terrible food. And everybody hated it. They, they like hated fucking pizza day and burrito day and like mac and cheese day or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, those were my favorite fucking days. But I loved that terrible green chili that they put on top of the burritos and the cheese. I ate mm-hmm. it all. That's def- that was definitely a guilty pleasure. And there. I don't think you can ever get that again because they've changed oh, school yeah. food and it's a lot better now. They don't serve the shit we had to eat growing up. Oh, apparently, they're getting fucking like Chinese dumplings and shit in their meal. Like, what? The- <laughs> really? Well, yeah, like uh, unidentifiable food. For sure. <laughs> like, they call it a burrito, but was it really a burrito? All of that all a king shit? Like, yes. you're like, I don't trust what you think that is. You, you're telling me that's turkey, but I do not believe you. Oh, yeah, I remember those days, too. Wow. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, there's I don't know if I have anything that's gone that I can't I can't get again. I don't know. I mean, I've had food like that overseas? I love. Like overseas or like, yeah, when you travel or something that you're just like, well, mm-hmm. that was de- just delightful, but I'll never have it. Like when I lived in Finland, I ate these uh, rula kebabs, which were in all of the, so there was a lot of Kurdish people who had moved, you know, mm-hmm. migrated to Finland out of the area that's in like, like that Turkey, Iraq area where the Kurds live and had, you know, were pushed out of by both countries and all yeah. kinds of stuff that really tough. Right. Uh-huh. But a lot of, you know, a lot of people have been settled in Finland and I love Finland. It was a nice place, but Finnish food sucks. Sorry, guys, <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. It's bad. <laughs> um, it's a lot of fish and like pickled things. It's yeah, mm. it's rough. But Kurdish food like is it. delicious. Oh. You might like the the weird pickled <laughs> shit. Who knows? I don't know. It's not Asian style. It's it's a weird white Nordic pickling. It's, okay. it's interesting. <laughs> but like there were a lot of Kurdish restaurants and like they had the you know kebab style like the shaved meat you know rotisserie oh, yes. like roundy mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I've never been able to find in any, you know, Middle Eastern, any, any restaurant I try here, I cannot find this particular kebab. Like I can find very similar like things. Okay. But just the combination of that meat, white sauce that they would put on top of it and like lettuce. And it was in this really thin flat bread thing that was large and it would, they'd roll it up. So I think that's why it was called a rula kebab. Because I also oh. am pretty sure rula is a Finnish word. But kebab is obviously a cursor. So I, th- I think mm-hmm. the reason I also can't find it is it's not. That's like I a fusion. Ask, like, yeah, it's a, it's a mixture <laughs> <laughs> of like Finnish thing and Kurdish in thing that just America? doesn't exist outside yeah. of like that one place in Finland. So I definitely crave those a lot and I just can't have like that's just it's a thing that's it's very specific. I have to go back to like Lopinranta to visit, to visit and see if they still have that restaurant. Yeah. Let's let's uh let's do it. I'd do it. That'd let's be go. fun. <laughs> be hella fun. That's awesome. But yeah. So there's always definitely like nostalgia food, but like those weird like home like comfort craving things mm-hmm. that you just sit there and you're like, everyone would be like grossed out if they watched me yeah. eat this. <laughs> Actually, I think Dan would be on board with you because I think we've talked about that before. Mayo and peanut butter sandwiches. And I'm yeah. just like, no, can't. I, n- I mean, I know I got it from my family. Someone in my family eats that mm-hmm. sandwich because you don't make that shit up. Like even no. as a kid, you don't make a lot of shit. Like somebody ate it or gave it to you once as a child and you're like, I love this. Yes. <laughs> and now you eat it. It didn't, it didn't come out of my brain. So I just, I, I know that my mom eats, and I haven't seen her in a long time, but growing up she would eat tomato and peanut butter sandwiches, which I would rather kill myself. But <laughs> What? Well, you yeah. t- you hate tomatoes. I hate tomatoes. And oh, I'm just like, whoa. No, that can't possibly I be good with peanut no. butter. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go against that one too. My dad would eat watermelon and rice. I'm like, why? Don't do that. Don't eat fruit with anything but itself. Well, you have a you have a I fruit issue a anyway, so we can't we can't listen to you on that. But with rice? <laughs> I mean, fresh watermelon, no, but nowadays with what they're doing with watermelon, like cooking it and like turning it, I've seen a person like basically turn it into a version of a tuna steak, like with all these different flavors on it. So I imagine it would probably go very well with rice, but I don't think it tastes much like watermelon anymore. Oh no, I don't know if I can do that. 
I mean, I wouldn't probably <laughs> like it, but I'm just saying. You see, like, you see a lot more stuff done with watermelon and with fruit now, like yeah. grilled and like turned into a savory kind of way. Yeah, it's all started with a fucking pineapple. It's delicious. I mean, it is good. You're right. It's so good. Now I really want to eat pineapple. Should, why are we talking about food? This is a. It's bad a terrible idea. time to why have. We- <laughs> I have not had dinner. It's dinner time. I actually haven't even had lunch, and it is definitely dinner time. And we started off this podcast, and we're like ten minutes into food talk. Well, all oh. of this is to say, <laughs> it oh, yeah. does tie into today's book, just so you guys aren't like, well, that was weird. <laughs> um, so we read The Alpha by Danica Dark, which is the second book in the Black Arrowhead Black Arrowhead series. Look Correct. at that. I had it this you time. You knew it. What? Yeah, we read the first one, which was The Vow last year, and it was episode 123. So this is... Uh, about a year later, 148, and we just wanted to return to it. We, if anybody listened to that episode, you know we loved, yeah. loved The Vow. The Vow ended so. up on both of our top three of the year. So, Oh, yeah. It yeah. was one of my favorite books that was we've read. amazing. That was a great book. So let's talk about The Alpha. Let's click some notes. Okay. Quick caveat to today's episode, I think for a whole lot of things, is... I read it over 10 days ago, which is not normal for us. I usually try to finish it like the day of our recordings. <laughs> yeah, and I read it like six days ago. So yeah, we're yeah. both going to struggle a little bit on this. But I kind of have an interesting idea that the stuff I do remember is the important stuff to talk yeah, about anyway, right? Course. Like I may not be able to give you guys a blow by blow of the book, but that's not really what stuck out anyway. So if I remembered after 10 days, then that's the stuff I want to talk about. So maybe this is a better way to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, if you guys want to know the d- nitty gritty, all the little nuances. You read the fucking book. Read the book. Don't listen to me. And I do actually would like to say read the book because there's a lot of terminology in there that Danica has created to form her her universe, her, her yeah. world here. I mean, it's part of her bigger mm-hmm. universe. This is just a, a branch of her entire, like, world that she's built the crossbreed series so yeah this is only a little tiny piece of that world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so since we never started with the crossbreed books in the first place we only know what we know with (laughs) these these two books books. yeah we're not as like we're not as into the whole series we don't have as much of that history as people who've read all of them right so we don't have a full picture i think of her whole world but we have a pretty good picture of these um shifters that she's really focusing on in these books these shifter packs and tribes so um from book one we had met melody and lakota and that's the couple from book one melody's best friend is hope they have clothing and jewelry store in austin Mm-hmm. Or the outskirts of Austin, the 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 pack lands of Austin. <laughs> you could say Austin. <laughs> I think it's Austin. Okay. Um. And they like they've only had it for you know a f- relatively new. They just opened mm-hmm. it in the last book, and and they're doing really well. But they're still you know it's new business, so there's always a chance that something could happen, and and they're so they're being careful. Melody and Lakota have basically already made it. They kind of did it sneakily and had to like then retroactively like tell their families and get proper approval from the (laughs) council and all this stuff. And so they haven't gone away and met his um, adopted family. So they're about to do that. So they're leaving town. Hope's going to be alone in the apartment and running the um, shop by herself. And right as they're about to leave, Tack, 
who we remember from book one, too. He was part of the tribe that Lakota had infiltrated under his when he was undercover and that uh, Melody had gone up there to make sure that they could still um, have a working relationship and get the stones from um, Jacoba. Jacoba. Yeah, Shakoba, yeah. Um, for for Hope's jewelry. So she had gone to make sure they had that working relationship. She ran into Lakota, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They're made it. Magic, right? magic, magic. Peach so pie ta- or you something. Know, yeah, there was definitely peach pie. Some, some type of pie. I'm pretty sure it was peach, but I, I think, think it, was, it was. Yeah, it was some type of fun pie. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was hot. It was a hot pie. Hot pie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tack is Shakoba's son and like theoretically second in line to run the tribe but his position's kind of strained up there and he thought he was really close to Lakota but obviously then Lakota comes out as like secretly undercover. an undercover agent and he at one point did accuse Tack of being the murderer and he wasn't and it was all like ah. so they kind of left on a sour note so Tack shows up in Austin like hey I want to talk to you about this I don't like it I don't like mm-hmm. how this ended like I was the whole thing fake were we really friends like I thought we were and I I want to know but it's bad timing because he's about to leave town anyway and of course he runs into Hope and is like that's a hot lady oh wait he did a see naked, her naked hot lady na- <laughs> naked on the side of the road first <laughs> when he didn't know who she was yeah <laughs> um i.e. Lakota's sister yeah um, so but He's like, oh, you're leaving town. Okay, we'll talk when you get back. And then I think he was going to leave, but then he realized that Hope's being left alone. And that's just not, that's not cool that in cool? his world. Because yeah. he comes from the tribe where they just live together. They like protect their families, yeah. their tribal, you know, you know, tribe mates. They're like, everybody just lives together, takes care of each other. They, they, this is really one of his first times outside of the tribal lands and like in a city city. And so he's already kind of like, this place is weird. It's loud. There's people. Yeah. They suck. The food is bad. <laughs> it's not grown, homegrown. And then they're like leaving an unprotected young woman, you know, shifter alone. And he's kind of like, I'm going to kind of hang around a little bit. Also, so, she's hot. Also, she's way mm-hmm. hot, and she seems mad about it, or at least <laughs> mad at him that he seems to think she's hot. So yes. he's also intrigued by that. So he hangs out. A lot of shit goes down. Like uh, somebody throws a bowling ball through the window of the store. Somebody th- writes her a threatening note. People like yes, yeah, bad things keep happening to her. Someone stole her clothes while she was running running as her wolf. So that's why she was naked by the side of the road, mm-hmm. um, and. Tack is at one point he gets injured while I think trying to protect her or her store. Like we're not that I never really understood that night the night the first night when he got hit on the head. Oh yeah, um, I I didn't found understand him. it. She found him by her car or something mm-hmm. like under yeah. it. Anyway, yeah. So she she's so she knows he's in town. He sees you know she sees him around. She tries to help him when he is injured. Uh, gets her him back to her apartment and helps him heal because you can shift back and forth between your wolf and your human and that heals you faster. Anyway, they're hanging around. They're 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 talking, finding out about each other. Obviously, there's a draw. There's an attraction there. She kind of ends up on a little bit of a date with Dutch, which is he's another jeweler in town who she can't quite tell if he's scoping her out as competition for his store, even though he sells like high end diamond jewelry and she sells like handmade pieces with like local stones and local mm-hmm. 
feathers you know, and father feathers mm-hmm. and materials that she makes so they're very different strands of jewelry but he is like asking about things so she thinks he might be into the store but then he's like kind of into her we're not sure he's weird yeah he's he's sus he's suspect he was sus and anyway bad things keep happening they keep saving each other kind of like protecting each other she has a nervous like a, a panic attack in public at one point and talk helps talk her through it and 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 say like helps her get back into human form and like not lose control and so then they're they explore each other's backgrounds and they expose all of their traumatic history that they both have had and like all of their you know wounds that they keep carrying around and why they're the way they are mm-hmm. and then of course they bone because it's hot yeah. when you do that in a hotel in and a when hotel. you expose your t- tender underbelly to a person and they share their tender under- underbelly yes. with you and then you have good sex so you guys just pet each other's bellies nice soft tummies <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, of course, she keeps getting like almost attacked by this grizzly bear dude who isn't actually related to the other plot because there's like a serious plot against her. But then there's also just a mad grizzly. They made it seem sort of like he was the one who was doing those. It other definitely attacks. felt like it was because he yeah. set her store on fire. So that felt like part of it. But it, was it really like a wasn't. Silver sp- or a silver screen? Smoke screen. Smoke screen. Or red herring. Or a red say. herring. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But he's he's dead now, that grizzly. Well, so. he was not cool. He was not cool. He was not cool. Yeah. Anyway, it all turns out to be like this guy who was in her pack when she was young, when she was first coming of age. And um, she's the alpha's daughter. So everyone's like into her. Right. But they have rules about not sleeping with other pack members behind anyone's back. Like mm-hmm. it's always supposed to be out in the open. So there can't be conflict. And he convinces her to, that they should just, you know, have sex. Do and- it. Keep it a yeah. secret anyway. And she's interested in having sex. She wants to do it because she, she's pretty sure she doesn't love this guy and yeah. isn't going to mate with him. But she kind of went, I think she wants to like get the experience, get it out of the way, <laughs> figure yep. out what it's all about and not be as worried about it. But she gets talked to, like he's much, much older and he talks her into doing it secretly, which is the problem because then right. – once her alpha dad finds out, he has to, like, send him out of the pack. And it's a very shameful experience for her overall because she feels like she has brought shame on her family. Yeah. And she doesn't like that. So that's why she's left to go out on her own to figure out what she's going to do and where she'll go from there. And she tells Tak this and he's all, like, very sympathetic about it. And he's like, no, that guy took advantage. You yep. know, he told you to keep something secret that shouldn't have been kept secret. And he has this history where he was an alcoholic when he was younger. Again, keep in mind that even though they seem like they're 20, they're like 70 or something. Yeah, you know? they are. Yes. They're, they're shifter wolves. They live for a or while. Or like 30, you know. Mm-hmm. They, but they're, they're really actually older. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he had found who he thought was his mate. Uh, she was not – she hadn't shifted yet. So, she, so they weren't um, intimate or they hadn't made it official because – you can't do anything until um, you pass your first shift. But they were hanging out and, you know, dating, I would say. Mm-hmm. But he is an alcoholic, so he kept drinking. And then one night when she came to pick him up, he was like, no, I can drive. Like your typical, I think, younger, yeah, you know, jerk who thinks they know better, hasn't grown up yet, and ends up killing her in a car accident. And yep. he can never forgive himself. 
Um, so he tattoos his face up to really like make sure people see that as a warning right yeah. away. Like the whole tribe knows what happened because they live mm-hmm. it. But, you know, he never really lets go of it. He he basically takes himself out of the running of being the next pack master in his tribe. He's really not going to be suited for that role anymore because of this baggage, this, yeah. this tragedy that happened when he was young. But he has gotten sober. He doesn't drink anymore. And so all of... That pain and baggage is still with him and he shares it with Hope and she shares hers with him and then they they just are so lovely together. They bond very and they fall in love. They are very sweet. They're a lot and, calmer couple than our first two. Yeah. This drama is there's drama, but it's not like there was in the first one with There was yeah. a whole big old thing in the first one. Well, it was like a fake relationship that became a real relationship. Yeah, where Shakob was like, No, you gotta marry her and he's like, and okay. he's like Rrr. and then you know of course they figure out that that same guy who had started the sexual relationship with her when she was younger and then been kicked out of the pack is who is really behind this plot against her and her store Mm -hmm. he's trying to they did steal money basically he and he has the peach the boy (laughs) as his uh as his lackey, his accomplice. Um, But they steal money out of her safe. They ruin her store. And then they kidnap her. And Mm -hmm. of course, she gets her revenge in the end. She's allowed to challenge him one-on-one as wolves. Mm -hmm. This guy whose name we've all forgotten. Um, (laughs) But he has forgotten it. But she beats him up and then she doesn't kill him. She's like, okay, now you have to leave and never, ever, ever come back really Mm -hmm. this time. Yeah. Anyway, they and then of course Tack is like, I want to date you, like, or I want to court you, and she's like, No, I think we should mate. <laughs> she's like, Nah, let's just do this. We've already fucked once, and uh, I think we should just kind of. Uh... Well, the first time, actually, remember the first time he says it, she says no because she's like, You're not ready to offer that to me. Oh yet. yeah, that's right, right? Because mm-hmm. like he hadn't come to terms with his past yet, and so he was doing it out of obligation. Not even obligation. He was more. He was doing it on an, an unequal footing, though. He wasn't coming to her equally. He was like, "I'm broken, but I could love you," right? Okay, he was yeah. offering it like in spite of, and and she was like, "No, come back to me when you care more. When about, you're like, ready. When you when you're when ready. You're when you fully you've, here. You've yeah settled this within yourself." And so he does, and she goes, "No, let's just meet." <laughs> <laughs> she like jumps the gun on it. <laughs> yep. She's like, no, we don't need to court. Let's just skip that and go straight to mating. <laughs> um, and then he realizes that he needs to probably leave his tribe. He has to go out on his own and build a pack of his own outside of the tribe because he can't be an alpha there because of, you know, his history and, mm-hmm. and they don't see him and he doesn't see himself when he is there. The way he needs to. So he leaves his tribe and he talks to her father about setting up his own pack and he buys land and is going to build a house and he shares it with her. And then he, and then they end the book kind of, okay, let's build a pack. And he asks Lakota to be his beta and Lakota's like, so yeah, that's cool. So now we already know that the alpha couple and the beta couple of the pack, the new pack are going to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Tack and, and Hope and then Lakota and Melody. Yes. So that's cool. So then book three, which is going to come out soon is... The chosen, and it'll be people trying to join the pack. Yes, so not characters we know. The guy on the cover looks like a cowboy of sorts. Is that one out yet? Uh, no, it comes out November fourteenth, so two okay. weeks away. We're very from close. our recording from the day this episode goes Release. out. Release, okay. <laughs> <I'd>... 
hopefully when you guys are listening to it, yeah. but <laughs> even if you listen to it later, then it came out November 14th of 2023. <laughs> yeah. You know, to keep things uh, timely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm really excited we're doing this book right before book three comes out because then yeah. people can... If they're interested, you know, jump right into book three. Keep following it. Okay. Yeah. So that was the kind of clits. No, that was good. I think that that really, really hit it there. A lot of different tones in this book. I think it was a lot more melancholy. There were a lot more deeper type of scars, especially as far as Tack goes and his history with things and even a little bit of, of hope. But she was coming too and... Well, she was, but she needed him because she still thought she was broken. Mm-hmm. From Well, she had two things, right? So she had, as a child, she got mauled by a wolf and has physical like scars on that her face from right. it. I'd forgotten about that. And that's very unusual. Um, it doesn't happen. And it's a particularly traumatic experience for a shifter to be mauled by their own kind, mm-hmm. like like a wolf, that she is a shift, a wolf shifter, because it sets you up to be afraid of yourself and mm-hmm. your, your family, your pack, right? So she has some trauma from that. And she thinks that's where she's broken from. But I think her panic attacks really do stem more from the trust problem she has after the mistake she made as a young woman sleeping with that pack mate. Yeah. And so that's why she has the panic attacks. And she thinks that she's not strong because of that. But he kind of shows her that she's much stronger. And like those don't define yeah. her. I'm trying to remember because she has in particular two of those that she did once was when she met that guy again. And I don't remember what the other time one was. Well, that's when she had a full blown one yeah um and and turned into a and turned her spontaneously in the middle mm-hmm. of austin like and he was <laughs> and then he had to like drive her home and like pretend no one saw a wolf in a car <laughs> um yeah but one time before that she had started to have one when they were somewhere i want to say at the bar i think so and he she was like, accosted again wasn't that when they got into the fight with the bear that was was it then i think maybe they were then sitting in the car and he like locked eyes with her and like talked her down because he does have alpha voice which can control other shifters and make them do things Mm -hmm. and he was like no you're okay you're safe Mm -hmm. don't panic and he was able to talk her out of that first one but the second time she She went full panic and lost control and became like transitioned into a wolf without intending to yeah I like how Danica touches on that type of stuff, like the anxiety and like the coping mechanism, obviously, <laughs> of a shifter here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're completely different dynamics than it would be for a normal human being, but still very interesting and like, you know, topics that we don't have normally. I really like this series. Now, you know, I'll be, I'll be upfront that I don't like this book as much as I like The Vow. But that's mostly, I think these are just very different characters, which I Mm -hmm. think is awesome because sometimes you'll read an author and if you read enough of their books, you're like, these are really the same characters. Almost the same thing over and over. Yeah. And this is not the case. So Danica is written very different ones. So I'd say both Tack and Hope are much quieter, more damaged and introverted. Yes than Lakota and Melody were. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what their big hang-up was, other than they were faking a relationship at the beginning and then they ended up falling in love anyway. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure they had something that I don't remember, but that's the pieces that stuck out. Um, yeah. But in this one, it's a lot more introspective and like I think pieces of this book are a lot more healing because mm-hmm. it requires both of the characters. Now, there's usually always like, 
so many of our characters have some kind of like wound or or, or internal trauma like emotional or trauma or flaw that they need to find someone to help them fill and then they walk a path to become a better version of themselves through a relationship and love right? yeah but these ones i like these characters were a little bit more they didn't have that like bluster on top of it or like they weren't really hiding it as much they were both kind of openly mm-hmm. broken and yeah they were like very quiet I, I just you know like obviously the whole book is them talking but it's there's something quiet about these characters something soft I think them being part of the tribe probably contributes to that now the storytelling doesn't really get into any of those details but I kind of feel like it was portrayed through that because Tack and Hope are both from tribes versus Lakota was the only one from a tribe and Melody wasn't from the first book so you know like That's she's true. a shifter she's a shifter but she's, but she's not she's basically the she's like a white shifter yeah you know <laughs> Her, yeah. her human ethnicity is is white, whereas is white. yeah, Lakota mm-hmm. Hope and Tack are both native, uh, yeah. tribal members. So both Hope and Tack were are they're trying to tackle and and heal and deal with their past traumas and and the things that they have gone through as they were growing up, with the influence of being part of their tribe. And both of them are children of. Alphas. Yeah, alphas of their own yeah. tribes then, you know, with certain pressures and things like that. So, like, Hope has always felt like because she's slept with that guy, she was a disappointment to her dad. And, and so, like, that was a big pressure. And the added fact that they didn't have a son, so they don't have an alpha. Right. Yes. Yeah, her, her dad and mom only have her. And mm-hmm. then she in her mind shamed them. So she's just like, oh, my God. And they could, and her dad's pretty notoriously difficult. <laughs> Yeah, he's, I'd say he's, like he has he has a reputation as like he literally skins his enemies. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. It, as a shifter, that's an added level of oh my god. Yeah, no, like, that's not cool, man. <laughs> that's upsetting. Yeah. Um, so 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 I think she's always been afraid that she's really disappointed him, and she mm-hmm. is trying really hard not to. So yeah. she carries that guilt and that weight. But it's just a it's a it's just a softer book. It's a little. I mean, there there's still drama and like oh yeah. You know, Absolutely. Scary yeah, there's shit. The, the outer outer lying stuff where where you know, she and Melody are are victims of of hate, you know, like because mm-hmm. they're making tribal jewelry and um and they're, they're women with their own shop and, they're and, women they're, with, and yeah. they are it is a it's a section of the area that's controlled by the pack mm-hmm. and I think that there was some talk about like there's not that much space and like and, and storefronts and for it to go to two young women who aren't mm-hmm. really inside the pack, they're part of the shifter council, right? It's yeah. the shifter area of town, but they have but they left their own anywhere. pack. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people are jealous or, or upset that they have this store mm-hmm. because, like, there's other shifters of, like, who are older or maybe more established who should have had a chance at it or something. So there's a lot of jealousy and like strife, you know, strife inside. And then there are also young women, of course. Of course. You know, people hate young women. It's always that thing where it's just like, it's that extra step of change that people aren't used to seeing and it really freaks them out when progression happens. And it's always the same type of people. (laughs) Because that bear was a fucking Karen. (laughs) That bear. Well, that bear was more than a Karen because he was also a liar. Also, like, 
Like yeah. he he tried to return a, a piece of uh, a or purse. a bag, a purse mm-hmm. that has a broken strap, and he claimed that it had been sold to him like that. Yeah, and she's like, "No, we hand make everything in this store. This shit did not get sold it. this way." And mm-hmm. like we we personally wrap it when we sell it, and it's just the two of them. It's mm-hmm. not like they've got a huge staff of people who maybe did it. No, one of them would have had to wrap up a broken purse and sell it. And she was like, "No, I'm mm. not going to give." And she definitely doesn't Sorry, abide by dude. the. No. Customer is always right. Bullshit. So no. she's like, no, I'm not giving you a refund. I will, I will see if you know Melody can fix this strap, and we'll charge you for the repair. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, no. And anyway, then he sucked and burnt her store. It didn't burn down, did. but just did no. some damage. He did some damage. He was uncool. But he, he died. Did. He did die. He died. <laughs> oh, the big old bear. I like bear shifters, but he wasn't. Cool. I know, and I think the part of that that is unique in Danica's stories is the shifters lose control when they shift. Mm-hmm. They they don't. In most of the shifter books we've read, they're still. Like their human mind is still there. They're just in an animal form. And maybe they have like stronger instincts to be more animalistic, but they still are thinking like humans and like themselves. Whereas the only ones that can really keep track are alphas. But everybody else, once they shift, she has like a split second before she's just a wolf and she doesn't know it. She remembers when she wakes up as human. She remembers what her wolf has done, but she doesn't have human control over what her wolf does. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's just, her wolf's free to run and be who she is. And so that, and that applies to the other shifters. So while we love Grizz, like we love the bears, trust me. Yes. Berg is still like my favorite. (laughs) Berg the bear. (laughs) One of my favorite characters in all of our books. But not this kind of shifter. Because if I'm going to be around a bear shifter who then actually becomes a full-blown bear when he shifts, no thank you. (laughs) Yeah. No, that is. I don't want that. I want you to be a human who looks like a bear. I like the way this sex scene and this relationship was built Mm -hmm. because it was kind of both of them stepping outside of their comfort zone. You know, since that first relationship, Hope hadn't done anything since. She's been kind of gun shy and like... I'm afraid to take another step to make something a wrong choice. But in the in the, her heart, she still had wanted to know what like sex and love was like. She just yeah. didn't get it done correctly the first time. You know, it just wasn't right with that guy. And so she was always a little bit shy about that. And then Tack had, you know, he'd had carnal relationships with ladies yeah. afterwards. Of course, he's a young man. But he was very careful never to, like, get into anything serious because he didn't think he deserved it or had, had any rights to it. So the two of them feeling this attraction, feeling this pull and being like, oh, why can't I resist this? And yeah. then instead of just acting on it, opening up about their problems and, like, their history and, like... She gave him this whole, like, her whole story about how, like, she yeah. had just wanted to know what to do in bed. And, like, she wanted to be experienced. Because yeah. she would end up with an alpha. She was likely to end up with an alpha. And then she just wanted to be good enough for whoever she ended up with mating. And she maybe made a poor choice in the way she went about that. But she still didn't end up having good sex with this dude either. She yeah. was like, he wasn't really good anyway. And I didn't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> like, why this was such a big deal. Yeah. And so then he, like, they, they start fooling around. And in the most un-alpha-esque way mm-hmm. possible, like, he does not dominate the sex scene. Nope. He just lets her he lets figure her out, like, what do feels Eddie. good to her, yes. what mm-hmm. she wants to do. She's like, I want to try this. And he's like, do it. Let's I've go. I've never had it. 
done that. Like, so she like rides him. Uh-huh. And, I mean, it's very typical shifter to do doggy style. Of course, they're wolf shifters. Yeah, you know? she was always like, do you want me to turn around? And like, she, you know, bare her yeah. neck and things like that. And he's like, no. Nope. Let's, I don't. Let's keep doing it like this. <laughs> I don't want to watch you. So I just really appreciated that because in our past, we've had some trouble with wolf shifter alpha behavior in the bedroom (laughs) yeah too hard masculine and like dominant and yeah i mean if you guys have listened to us from from years and years and years before we had a really hard time finding wolves that we actually liked just because of that specifically was they were just too dominant too jealous too controlling and so it was really hard for us to to jump on but tack was just like no baby you Ugh. you do you <laughs> and it was so beautiful it was so, so good and so gentle but still so incredibly hot it was really hot it was still yeah. really hot it just was a different kind of hot. i do like though in the beginning he's like i'm really attracted to you but i can't take advantage of a virgin and she's like what makes you think i'm a virgin <laughs> I did like that because he just assumed and she's all like, mm, um, fuck that. <laughs> and that's when she started to like open up about her, you know, past. This is because way before. Remember in book one, Lakota was a virgin. Lakota was our very first. At least well, that we remember. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say maybe. <laughs> we but, don't know. Okay, like older because older. He, he's full blown adult who had already shifted and like. Yeah. But he had been saving himself for his yes. mate. He was waiting for pie and a good Ooh. meat and yeah. fucking got it all. So I think that was particularly sweet in this one that, of course, Tack assumes it, but it's not true. Like, yeah. She's like, no, I've I've tried it. It's just not been that all that awesome. It kind of yeah. sucked. And I ended up uh, ashamed and my father found out and it was really embarrassing. I mean, same. <laughs> I mean, my dad never found out, but still, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming he knows now. But the first first times just aren't fun. Like, it just at least in my experience, they're just bad. Yeah, you got to do I, it a few more times to gain that really good experience. Yeah, and even though he was obviously probably experienced because he was an older member yeah. of the pack, he wasn't interested in no. making it good for her. He literally, and it, like it came out later, he was very like open about it. He just wanted. The prize of deflowering the uh-huh. alpha's daughter. That's like, it's exactly fucking what? sick. This guy sucked. This guy sucked bad. And he didn't even get killed at the end. She didn't kill him. She she, she, she did just chase him off. She was like, you need to leave and never, ever come back. But she did. She beat his ass up. But the, the pizza guy got to go to jail. <laughs> that pizza guy was, man, sketch from the fucking beginning. He was. Bad news. Bad news like pizza, pizza guy. It was bad enough that he's like, just eat the pizza. These people prank me all the time anyway. And I don't, that, I don't know care. if that sounded right. It I'm was like, all a very suspect conversation. I no. was like, you can't just give away no, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've never delivered pizza before, but I'm pretty sure. That's not how that works. And then like, yeah, he just was around too much. He kept oh, yeah. like, he was always in the he's hallway there. of her apartment. And I was always like, why there. are you there, pizza dude? And just playing it off like he wanted to move into an uh, empty space there. Whatever. I just deliver pizza. <laughs> You're not always. <laughs> Fucking. Anyway, but the shifter council like took him and put him in their like shifter jail or something. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, I, I you know. Different different book, but still good. Still yeah. still very sweet, very good. Like I like it. And I, I really do want to read the third one. I, I enjoy this world. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Tack and, and Hope aren't ever going to be my favorite couple. I think they're lovely together. And I, I, I enjoyed yeah. that she didn't make one of them. Like, they were both they, like, the quiet same. and broken. Yes. Like, like, so many times, all the, the trope is always, like, the opposites. It's, like, grumpy sunshine or outgoing quiet person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, there's there's always, like, party animal book where, you know, there there's yeah. so many opposite attract books. But I really did appreciate the similarities between Hope and Tack. Like, growing up alpha father you know and all that pressure but then also making mistakes young and then finding a way to correct them and grow together and grow and like being really open and honest from the beginning with your partner and being like this is who i am and this is what i I really liked that they were both similar in that way and not oh well i know how to fix you right you know sex orgasms (laughs) (laughs) we've said that before we've said it before yeah it's almost kind of like danica is setting up for the future of the tribe a really calm and team and like they would be great alpha pair like exactly like a really steady they need them to be level-headed waters yes still very you know but having had experience making mistakes and knowing the best way to guide young wolves yes. through that once that happens within the pack. Very wonderful. I thought mm-hmm. it was super great. And I like the recovery aspect for talk too. Like yeah. having characters with these struggles and then overcoming them is very important to read. Yeah. Like these are they may be supernatural werewolves and all this shit, but those in essence, real they're still people. And like yeah. that resonates with the readers who can be like, oh, I know like that, you know, I, I have a experience like that, or I've, I've met people like that. It's just, it's, it's good to be able to see yourself in books. And so like showing all kinds of humans and all kinds of struggles, but then how to overcome them. Yeah, I love it when I'm reading a book where pride doesn't intervene too much, where they open, they're allowing themselves to be opened up. And, you know, they, yeah, I mean, they had small bits of it, like hope, trying to handle the threat herself yeah, and not bring home did. Melody and Lakota, like really yeah. not wanting to ruin their like week. But, you know, if somebody puts a note about killing you on the front of your store, you know, uh, bring somebody in. Like, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> ask somebody to come home from right. the vacation and be like, hey, because like, like their whole family left because her parents are Lakota's like adopt or no, like her mom is Lakota's birth mom. But they were going up to visit Lakota's adopted family. So her yes. parents went too because they wanted all the family to meet so they could all approve of the marriage. Because they had, yes. like, again, Melody and they Lakota had, a had weird like, secretly set up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they had, this was like, this was them trying to smooth it over by having all the families together at once. And so literally everyone in Hope's life left town. Yep. And it was just so it was very just lucky that, that Tack had came come into town and was like, I'll stay. <laughs> yeah. He totally was just like, I'm not comfortable with this at all. I don't like leaving her alone. Which is, which is amazing. Normally feels like it's over. Like he didn't know her. Normally I'd be like, leave her alone. She can run her own business. But she needed. She did. She needed help. And I mean, you know, obviously, (laughs) that attraction was there. He just yeah. He was like, that was. I'll just stay. Uh, But also, she's super hot, and she still has my clothes. So um, there was a lot of exchanging of clothes. Back and forth. Hey, let's backtrack real quick back sure. to the scene of sex and the sure. good sex that they had and talk a little bit about our kiss and tell, which revolves around control in the bedroom. You know, because in this scenario, 
Tack really let her take control and let her dominate and sort of do the things she wanted to do. And he just sat back and enjoyed it, which, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not hating. I'm, I'm liking a lot. I'm liking a lot too. (laughs) Very, it was unexpected from an alpha werewolf, like wolf shifter character. And so I was super like into it. I thought, you know, it it was hot too. Like the, the scene where she gets on top and is riding him. Obviously we all love that position anyway. But I think the best relationship is like where, I mean, obviously everyone's going to have a different, different levels here, right? And some people yeah. want to be completely dominated there. They could, you know, BDSM is a different story. That's sure. Yeah. Not, not for me. But I like that kind of like trade off of control. Yeah. Cause there's definitely times where I'm just like, I don't really care. You figure it out. <laughs> You, you know, what do you want? Tell you me where it. to be. I'll be there. I'm just I'm just here. I'm just here for <laughs> it. But I also like being able to, like at different times, being like, look, I'm just going to, you just sit there. I'm going to get on top and do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And I want to like run the show and like set the pace and yeah. feel like, you know, because it's, it's a tricky it's situation to, sometimes. To do that. And it's yeah. also fun. And yeah. yeah. You know, and kind of like setting you know like being able to be like my turn yeah (laughs) this is how it goes today so I do like that (laughs) I like it too and I don't know that I would necessarily deem anybody more of the controller between like Dan and I when we typically are intimate but (laughs) again let's go back to minute one of this episode and how lazy I am this includes (laughs) sex guys um <laughs> where like it's getting on top is like the easiest it's easiest for me to get off and then for me to just turn over and then let him have it and then it's done right you know <laughs> but if there are moments where we're getting frisky and we want to be a little bit adventurous i think grabbing him by the wrist and like pushing him down and taking that little bit of control i know it excites him because he tells me he loves it he mm-hmm. loves that kind of stuff he likes talking he likes it when i make noises and say things and like you know which you don't like which i i do not like i need it silent i need it dark i need it <laughs> you guys that's just it's just how i am but i know because it just kind of takes the turn on the normal flavor that we have you know mm-hmm. so it's exciting mm-hmm. in that sense and obviously bringing toys into the mix is always a lot of fun too mm-hmm. but i think i do think i'm less controlling i do think that i am a little bit more submissive and i'm totally okay with it and I think mm-hmm. obviously Dan is too, but sometimes when we, we flip those roles, it's exciting. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I like, there are days where I'm just like, this is just the way I want this. And you're going to lie there quietly while I figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to take it, dude. You're just going to take it. This is how it's going to go. <laughs> I like, I take, I like, the place in which I kind of exert control, which is my favorite, is I like to, like, if I know he's coming over mm-hmm. and I kind of know when he's going to get there, I like to be, like, dressed in the fancy thing I want to be wearing, you oh. know, like, ready to go. And then, like, as soon as he comes in, just be, like, aggressive. Like, Bam. like early aggression. And then I'm like, okay, oh. that was fun. You go. <laughs> you know, because I just think it takes, you know, it's like, bye-bye. It's a good way of being, like, this... I'm interested, right? And showing that my interest is there from the beginning, like from as soon as you walk through the door so that it's, you know, it's not something that you make him work for all the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, 
yeah. So I like to put that out front. That's where I become aggressive and then I I back off later on and I'm just like, okay. Right. Well, and it's giving him that initial attention because that like that's what Dan tells me. He's just like, that's all we want. It's just we want the attention. Like, pay attention to us. So mm-hmm. if you come out wearing the nice, sexy thing and then you like you're the one who's attacking him and making it, ha- you know, like mm-hmm. getting into the mood and stuff first. I, I love waking up Dan in the middle of the night, like when he's dead asleep. And I'm just like, okay, that was a great chapter. I'm going to wake my husband up. <laughs> you know, yeah. like those surprise I, moments. I mean, I know you're not a morning person, but that's always also my favorite morning mm. thing is to be like, hey, hey, <laughs> I'm up now. It's only yep. five in the morning, but let's do this. <laughs> And I do appreciate what even though he's like still asleep, he's like, oh, oh fine, whatever. It's <laughs> cool. See, and I'm like that. That's how I am in the morning. I'm like, if you're ready, which, hello, Mr. Morningwood. I, I love playing with that kind of stuff. If you're ready, go for it. But just don't expect me to like get off. <laughs> I haven't had coffee yet. <laughs> yeah good stuff good yeah Yeah. awesome um fun fuck fact sure i have a fun fuck fact which i think is kind of relevant to the story and to the the relationship between tack and hope and it is called how to build trust in a new relationship Mm. it is from dame.com it was written by molly davies on august 17th 2023 and, and, you know, just kind of like the the bold headlines, you know, from different parts, like be consistent, communicate openly, accept your partner, show vulnerability, be respectful, be open to compromise, respect boundaries, be reliable, show interest in your partner, apologize when necessary, be supportive. So there's a lot more to read, of course, than just you can't just read those things and know <laughs> right all of the the ways to do this but i do think it's important and i think that's something you know we saw a lot in this book is sometimes sometimes some of our characters will keep their deep dark trauma a secret until after the first time they you know are intimate and then they're like oh i have all this trauma and it's oh, a little I'm bit a vampire a weird or yeah oh i'm a vampire <laughs> You're like, fuck you. Um, And sometimes that's a little bit weird of a time to tell someone after the fact, right? Yeah. But they didn't. I liked, really liked in this book how it became like foundational for them before they had even like a kiss, I think. Yeah. They They became confidants, became friends before the big steps. They both shared and then like kind of built that trust before taking the next step. And then even then, as they're still getting to know each other and, and, you know, Tack is like, I know I'm not worthy, but I'd, you know, like to court you. And she's like, no, come back (laughs) when you feel worthy. Like, you know, don't come to me thinking that of yourself because that won't, I don't want to meet you on that level. I want to meet you when, you know, you're ready to be in a relationship with me. And so he did. And I thought that was really wonderful. So uh, hopefully this article is a good refresher for anybody who might be like you know trust is a difficult thing especially any of us who have any kind of trauma or attachment issues from childhood (laughs) yeah finding that vulnerability to be open and honest but then you have to know how to respect it when someone gives it to you too you have to have the right way to well reciprocal but also to i don't know how to say that but you have to know how to react when you get it 
like when it's oh, given to you also. I see. Yeah. There's okay, a, there yeah. is an approach, like you can receive somebody's vulnerability in a way that doesn't feel open and authentic and a, right. that, that okay. then makes them shut down. So they're like, oh, that you didn't, oh, okay. You know, so there's a way to, yeah. you know, it does go both ways. So hopefully this article helps and yeah, we'll put it up on our social media stuff this week. Sweet. You guys, in the end, they're together and Tuck asks Lakota to be his beta and then they're going to go start a new tribe and yeah he bought a bunch of land and mm-hmm. now they got to build houses and a tribe mm. and all kinds it's of gonna stuff gonna be all all great so i mean we assume <laughs> yeah we're, we're assuming <laughs> it's gotta making, be right it's gotta be absolutely so what do you think i think i i think i can confidently give this one an eight i do enjoy that sex scene now we only got what one or two well we got that one and then at the end when he takes her out on the picnic they do have some pretty good outside sex yes or outside touching because i think he goes down on her that time right i think so yeah that Mm -hmm. was pretty good but that's like it's almost an epilogue in essence it is like yeah the end of the book Mm -hmm. and then he's all like this is our land and she's like okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) surprise (laughs) you know um so we yeah get some nice outside sex at the end Mm -hmm. but like really the key scene is the hotel scene and then yeah and then they have like moments of attraction throughout but they have a lot of other shit going on and like people attacking and people getting injured and she has to call everyone home at one point because he does almost die for her yes and her father has to come and alpha voice him into health. <laughs> yes, that's right. He had to, the alpha voice. <laughs> you had to be like, boy, you get up and take care of yourself. <laughs> when is the voice going to come out? It's the vow and the alpha. <laughs> that's true. We need the voice. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I you know, yeah. It, I fucking loved the vow. So this yes. had a high bar to it did. to cross because again, like you said, that was on both of our list of favorite books from last year. Yes. So that's tough. Um. So it didn't quite, you know, it didn't quite reach it. But it's not because it isn't good. It is good. It's just they're not my favorite characters. I love them and I love the way that she mm-hmm. wrote their relationship. But I like a melody more <laughs> you know like i like re- like she's just spunkier and funkier and like there's you know so i enjoyed yeah. the re- like lakota and melody more than i enjoyed this quieter softer like you know yeah couple yeah couple and i and and honestly i liked i i don't know if i liked like the couple more or so i think it was more of i guess the things that were happening in the background of the book i think that first story with the vow was a really good way to like bring your your readership in because it was like, damn, this one yeah. smacked us in the face and it was so fucking good. And this one was still good, but not as good. Yeah. And I mean, like we mentioned him once, like there's this character Dutch who was kind of, we couldn't mm-hmm. quite tell, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? He's definitely like a red herring to the whole story. Um, and then the wolf. So there was a, a little herring. bit, he might be, <laughs> we don't know what <laughs> kind of animal he is. Um, but the, I think there was a little bit of the, like, the plot that was a little bit muddier in this one. Mm-hmm. In the first one, like you didn't know who the killer was, and like there was that one period where everyone kind of thought it was Tack, and you're like, no, I don't want it to be him. Yeah, but it turned yeah. out not to be him, of course. But I think it didn't work quite as well in this one. Like all of the side, yeah. you know, like 
there were too many potential threats. Yeah. And then it turned out there were two of them were actually threats, but they weren't even the ones that were working together. Like, right. I was like, that's <laughs> they, a lot. They were separated. And yeah. They, yeah. And I, so I think there was a little bit that was a little, I was a little less engaged maybe. in that because I honestly did mm. care more about hope and tack than I cared about any of that other stuff going on. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, side stories, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I still think it's a good book and I, I, I like her writing. I like the way she writes her mm-hmm. characters. I think they're some of the most authentic paranormal supernatural characters I've seen in a while Yeah, um, in these books. And I am invested in this world now to the point where I'm probably going to at some point just on my own get into the crossbreed books, right? Okay. Yeah. Read the rest, like the whole world. Get into the other part of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I just really like this story, but I kind of want to know what's going on. Because this one is very heavily shifter focused. And Mm -hmm. she has all kinds of other creatures. Like there are vampires and there are the whatever the things that did the healing were were a different thing and there was like that one they were like mages or something that one like psychic person that came into her store who could like read things yeah i mean so there's a whole world out there of people and and you know beings that of her world that i want to get into and read so Mm -hmm. i'll probably do that at some point because i really like her the way she writes her characters yes i think it's great recommended friends Mm mm-hmm Awesome. So, guys, for our next book, we are going to read Wicked Bite by Janine Frost. It is in the Night Rebel World series. <laughs> I don't know which book it is, but it is, um, it's in there. Is it the third one? No, this is the second. Second one. In the, okay, because Janine Frost's world is also kind of like Danica's, where she has a world. The cross And world. then there's a couple of branches within the world that are different series. Um, so I'm trying to get my computer to go to Goodreads and it's deciding it doesn't feel like going to Goodreads. Because <laughs> I think this is Night Huntress World, I think. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was a Night Rebel World. Oh, maybe it's Night Rebel in the Night Huntress World. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a Night Rebel. So it's the second book in the Night Rebel. Okay. But Night Rebel is... Night Huntress Universe. Okay. 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 <laughs> See what they do to us. These so authors. So it's part of this universe. Yes. And we, we read book one, Shades of Wicked, last year, and we fell in love with Ian hardcore. <laughs> Ian was so fucking great. Episode 127. Go read that first. Make sure you're you're caught up and or listen yeah. to it, I guess. It's an episode. Damn, that was a good one. <laughs> Because we're super mm-hmm. excited. Because remember, at the end of that book, he had lost his memory. And his wife. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, In particular, his back. wife. Um, but yeah, so we're very excited to find out how this book proceeds from there. Because Ian yeah. was hot as oh, hell. He was so good. Well, yeah, join us for that. That one's narrated by Tavia Gilbert again. We've yes. had Tavia a few times, so um, she's yeah. she's like Janine's narrator yeah, Janine's person. You know, yeah. sometimes certain authors and, and narrators work together. They just do it, and you and just get, get them for all of it. Yeah. So, all right. So that yeah, that's next episode. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. 
You can reach out to us on social media. We are Shh Dirty Books on Facebook and Instagram, or you can email us directly at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And you can visit us on our website at shdirtybooks.com and most places that you can find podcasts. You guys can go there, rate, review, subscribe. That'd be amazing. We'd love to hear from everybody in any of those ways. Please contact us. Thank you so much, Jim Townsend, for the music. And with that, we will say goodnight. This is Selat. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Kalina and Selat. Be sure to tune in to the next episode. Some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.